Hello, this is Father Neil here, and welcome to the July 29th episode of the podcast Catechism with Father Neil. Today we'll be looking at numbers 1680 through 1690 of the Catechism. Article 2 Christian Funerals. 1680 All the sacraments, and principally those of Christian initiation, have as their goal the last Passover of the child of God which, through death, leads him into the life of the kingdom. Then, what he confesses in faith and hope will be fulfilled. I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. 1. The Christian's Last Passover 1681 The Christian meaning of death is revealed in the light of the Paschal mystery of the death and resurrection of of Christ, in whom resides our only hope. The Christian who dies in Jesus Christ is away from the body and at home in the Lord. 1682 For the Christian, the day of death inaugurates at the end of his sacramental life the fulfilment of his new birth begun at baptism, the definitive conformity to the image of God conferred by the anointing of the Holy Spirit and participation in the feast of the kingdom which was anticipated in the Eucharist, even if final purification are still necessary for him in order to be clothed with the nuptial garment. 1683. The Church, who is mother, has borne the Christian sacramentally in her womb during his earthly pilgrimage, accompanies him at his journey's end in order to surrender him into the, into the Father's hands. She offers to the Father in Christ the child of his grace and she commits to the earth in hope the seed of the body that will rise in glory. This offering is fully celebrated in the Eucharistic sacrifice. The blessings before and after Mass are sacramentals. The celebrations of funerals. 1684. The Christian funeral is a liturgical celebration of the Church. The ministry of the Church, in this instance, aims at expressing efficacious communion with the deceased at the participation in that communion of the community gathered for the funeral and the proclamation of eternal life to the community. 1685. The different funeral rites expressed the paschal character of Christian death and are in keeping with the situations and traditions of each region, even as to the colour of the liturgical vestments worn. 1686. The order of Christian funerals, Ordo Exorciarium, of the Roman liturgy gives three types of funeral celebrations corresponding to the three places in which they are conducted, the home, the church and the cemetery. And according to the importance attached to them by the family, local customs and culture and popular piety, the order of celebration is common to all liturgical traditions and composes of four principal elements. 1687, the greeting of the community. A greeting of faith begins... The celebration, relatives and friends of the deceased are welcomed with a word of consolation in the New Testament sense of the Holy Spirit's power and hope. The community assembling in prayer also awaits the words of eternal life, the death of a member of the community or the anniversary of the death or the 7th or 30th day after death is an event that should lead beyond the perspective of this world and should draw the faithful into the true perspective of faith in the risen Christ. 1688 
The liturgy of the word during funerals demands very careful preparation. Because the assembly present for the funeral may include some faithful who rarely attend and friends of the deceased who are not Christians, the homily must, in particular, avoid the literary genre of a funeral eulogy and illumine, and illumine the mystery of Christian death in the light of the risen Christ. 1689. The Eucharistic Sacrifice. When the celebration takes place in church, the Eucharist is the heart of the Paschal reality of Christian death. In the Eucharist, the Church expresses her efficacious communion with the departed, offering to the Father, in the Holy Spirit, the sacrifice of the death and resurrection of Christ. She asks him to purify his child of his sins and their consequences and to admit him to the paschal fullness of the table of the kingdom. It is by the Eucharist thus celebrated that the community of the faithful, especially the family of the deceased, learn to live in communion with one who has fallen asleep in the Lord by communicating in the body of Christ, of which he is a living member, and then by praying for him and with him. 1690. A farewell to the deceased is the final commendation to God by the Church. It is the last farewell by which the Christian community greets one of its members before his body is brought to the tomb. The Byzantine tradition expresses this by the kiss of farewell to the deceased. By this final greeting, we sing for his departure from this life and separation from us, and also because there is a communion and a reunion. For even dead, we are not separated from one another, because we all run the same course and will find one another again in the same place. We shall never be separated, for we live for Christ, and now we are united with Christ and we go towards him. We shall all be together in Christ. Okay, this finishes this section. It also finishes the um, the whole um, section of the Catechism on Liturgy. We'll be going on tomorrow to the um, uh, to the moral life of the Church. Uh, but here we finish the liturgies looking at funerals. And the funeral liturgies, again, the funeral isn't a sacrament uh, for many reasons. That, um, yes, it can take place, the funeral mass can take place during a mass, which is a sacrament, the Eucharist. But generally, for somebody to receive a sacrament, they have to be alive. So they, this, the, that's one main reason. The other one is it's not uh, one of the seven sacraments instituted by Christ. But they're very important celebrations, very meaningful celebrations, moments that are a special help to all of us. Our prayers help the deceased, but also all of us get a reality check to show us that we too will die. All of us die unless we're part of the final generation when Christ comes again at the end of time. Which again is unlikely to happen in our lives. So basically all of us die. And please God will receive a funeral. And these funerals are brilliant moments to find consolation. There is not so much a celebration of the life of the person. I mean, this is how the world sees it. And again, there's nothing wrong with remembering the person, especially when during the wake, uh, as you're preparing for the funeral, as people gather after the, the burial, as people remain together to tell stories about the deceased and all the rest of it, to remember them. Um, yeah, sure, lovely, great. 
But this isn't the Christian aspect. The Christian aspect is a celebration of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The Christian is bound to Christ, is linked to Christ, and by being linked to him in his death, they will also be one with him in his resurrection. And they will make this journey from death to life. That this is what is the hope of the Christians. That Christians have great hope. It's a religion of hope. Again, I think I've, I've recommended it before, but uh, Pope Benedict's uh, encyclical Spe Salvi, where he meditates on death as an encyclical on hope, where he says that basically Christianity is a religion of hope. You know, we need to have hope. And the, um, and the Christian funeral, the liturgy of the funeral, is a place where we can find hope that death has been overcome, that death is temporary, death is provisional, that all of us will rise again on the last day, the good to eternal life, and that the Lord wants to bring us there, and that this is what the funeral is about also, that we have the opportunity to, to pray for our dead. We saw that especially before when we were looking at the communion of the saints, that the funeral mass, the funeral uh, liturgies, the vigil for the deceased, the wake, as it's often called, uh, the, 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 the prayers in the cemetery, all these are fantastic moments to pray for our loved one or our friend who has, uh, who has died, to offer our prayers for them to help them, because our prayers can really help them. But to see again that this funeral is, um, I don't want to say beautiful, but many times a Christian funeral can be beautiful. If it is, uh, the, 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 uh, the Easterners use a phrase, a bright sadness. And this is what our funerals should be like. Transfigured by a bright sadness. Yes, there is sadness. Of course there is sadness. Of course you miss the person. Of course you cry for them. That this is human and this is good and that we need to cry, we need to mourn, we need to weep. That the gift of tears is of an important gift, not just in prayer, but also when we're dealing with sadness. To be able to cry, to be able to weep is important. But that our sadness is not inconsolable sadness. Because we have hope. That this hope of eternal life is there for each one of us. So we continue tomorrow. As I said, tomorrow we start the life in Christ. We start the moral section of part three of the catechism. The moral section, which is very, again, uh, very needed in our confused world. And so tomorrow we'll be looking at numbers 1691 through 1696. God bless.